Father, I pray for my brother Austin as he sits there in Iraq, ministering to those soldiers there, trying to stand up and be a light in that dying world over there. We ask that you would empower him once again, that you would put more angels of protection around him, and that you would sense your presence daily, that he would not miss out on the sweet blessings you have for him. Minister to his life, please. And we pray for Kent Hoven as he sits in that cold cell, night after night after night, that he would be again strengthened, that he would be encouraged, that he would be developed into the man that you desire him to be. So when he comes out, he would be like a fierce lion, ready to attack the enemy at full force. Prepare your man, prepare your soldier. Thank you for the work you're doing in him as he is leading many to Christ and as he is rising up in that prison and blessing so many. Thank you, Lord. Give him supernatural strength. Give him a supernatural mind. Give him supernatural words to be able to speak to those prisoners and those guards. Wisdom beyond his years. Thank you for the work you're doing. We have not forgotten you tonight, King. We know it's by your blood and your blood alone that we have a relationship with you. And we ask, Lord, that you administer to us as we look at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Family, do not allow your minds to wander when we pray. Do not allow your mind to run off and start thinking about other things. Stay focused. If you find your mind drifting, then just come back. Come back. So that we can come together and pray. Do you know the power of the family of God praying? How much? It's like one man coming up against the wall. When one man prays, it's like one man taking a sledgehammer to break down a brick wall the enemy has up. But if we all rise up with our hammers and we come against and we all blow at the same time, we'll knock it down in one second. It doesn't even take any time because all of the saints yell, Yen, Amen. Because they're all fired up. Because they're all ready to pray. Again, I really feel that is what happened last week as the college study got on their face and cried out to God for Him to come and rescue. Come and deliver. Come and minister. And I just can't get it off my mind. The power of God. There was a time when I came up to the microphone and I just couldn't even, I didn't even know what to say. I was going to break down in tears as I was leading worship. I was just sitting there and I just didn't, I just said, I don't even know how to describe it. I just felt like this thing, like, I was perfectly fine. I'm just like, all right, here we go. You guys ready? Band? All right, here we go. I didn't, nobody said anything. Nobody did anything. And all of a sudden, I was just like trying to hold myself, man. I don't, I don't, I just don't cry that often. It was just the power of God. The message went forth and the people celebrated and exalted and just danced before the king. I couldn't believe it. Listen. This fire must burn within every single one. Listen. The message that caused the people to turn to repentance was one of this. Jesus speaking, I know that you're faithful. Jesus speaking, you're involved in your church. Jesus speaking, you read your Bible. 
Jesus speaking, you pray and you go through the motions and you do everything you were supposed to do. But the love that you had for me when you first came to Christ is not the same that you have now. The passion is not there. The fire does not burn. Like when you came to know Christ. Like when you were blown away by the fact that you were forgiven. He was speaking to a church, Ephesus, in that day that was what? A good church. Doing right. But they had lost the fire that they once had. And the message rung a million times over in my ears, time and time and time again. And what started to happen is this man started to read off, listen, 25 things, very practical things, very practical things that what? Show whether or not you are still walking with God as you once did. I'm going to read them off to you fast. Listen closely. This is how you know if you've lost your first love. Just listen, please, as I read this, as I enter this. When you lack concern for the problem, if you lack concern for the problem that you've lost your first love, you've lost it. When you switch primary... And secondary motives. The primary motive, your ministry to Christ, Jesus Christ alone. And you move from ministering unto Jesus Christ by yourself, quiet time, and you you, you have more involvement in loving people and doing things for the church over doing things for God. What are you talking about, Josh? Doing things for God. That is doing things for God. No, no, no. It reminded me of the time when I was in the desert. John said, Boys, boys, your ministry is unto the Father and Him alone. You are the priests of Zadok. The priests of Zadok were ones that did what? All they did was minister unto God. Not the people. Only unto God. And that is your ministry. You are to love God first. And then you love people. When you no longer yearn for or delight in private times of communion with Christ, let's be honest I'm talking about yearning, not doing it because you know you're supposed to do it. Not spending quiet time with God because, hey, I'm doing my devotions in the morning. No, because you can't wait to spend time. It's like the the boy who's working all day but can't wait to get off to go see his girl. Just so fired up. you know. I was just watching a brother the other day and he missed the phone call of his girlfriend. He was just so bummed. Like, I missed it. i got to call her back. Hey, Hey, baby, you're there? Hi. So funny. But not where you do it out of duty, but you desire to be with the living God. You can't wait to spend time with Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? When you first came to know Christ, when you were first set free, it's like, oh, oh, I just can't wait to be alone with my God. And I remember as soon as John Corson would say to us there in the desert in Mexico, boys, go spend an hour with Jesus. I was just like, yes, no more teaching, man. I'm out of here. You know, you just like, you just run to the mountain, you know, and you just go and just quiet time. Just greatest. Let's be honest. I know how much time I spend by myself with the Father because I just want it so bad. And how much I do it out of duty. When your thoughts no longer fly to spiritual things, 
When your mind is free, but they fly instead to self or sin. Self or sin. We think about self all day long, man. When you begin to excuse little sins as a matter of personality or situation, just the little ones, you start to just excuse it. Like, oh, I'm just kind of having a bad day. It's okay. It's no big deal. I just, you know, just kind of having a rough day. So, you know, it's okay for me to just have a little outburst. Oh, no. Begin to excuse little sin. When you allow bitterness to rise through failed expectations and violated rights, bitterness towards one another, bitterness towards someone else, because, hey, they're not being the way that you think they should be. Gosh, man. When you, when you gossip or slander and ignore, when you begin to let witnessing opportunities slip by due to the feeling of embarrassment or funny, this hit me huge. I remember the times when I didn't... In high school, I was just... I used to wear this Jesus Christ jacket, right? I'm, it was a Dickies jacket with Jesus Christ is big on the back. It was like when I just I just made this decision for Christ and like <laughs> I wore this thing every day. It was like glued to my shoulders or something, you know? And I carried my Bible. It would not leave my right hand everywhere that I went. And it's like anybody... It's like anything. It's like, oh, you're, sp- oh, you're about to get witness to, like, right now. Here we go. You know, it's just like I was just ready to just anywhere, any place, any time, any person, didn't matter who. I remember when I came back from Mexico, in the airport, there was like eight people we ministered to. We were singing songs in the airport there, and a woman came up just crying, and she says, I have cancer. Can you pray for me? We're like, what? This is crazy. Some lady, some girl was leaving to go to Bible college, just so happened. She's crying. And we walk over, how can we pray for you? I'm going to Bible college. And her dad's a pastor. And we're like, let us pray. You know, it's just like, great. The lady over across the counter, we, we were having a problem with the tickets. Somebody trying to get home, one of my buddies. And, um, and she was kind of getting a little discouraged, a little upset. Because things weren't, my buddy was just like, well, you know, I'm supposed to have this. And Eddie's just like, can, can we pray for you? Yeah, you know, can we pray for you? She's like, um, okay. We reach over the counter and lay hands on her and just pray for her. And she's just like, just lit up. You know what I'm talking about? Well, you're just, man, you're funny for Christ, truly. It's like, you are a freak, man. Like, there's something wrong with you. You know what? As much as that really, um, I was scared of that and intimidated when I found out when I came back from Mexico because I had this beard and this long hair and I just I felt crazy because the people around me looked at me and thought I was crazy and I just like it started to get to me somebody really looked at me and said Josh you're a little weird straight up like he was dead serious and it it just it hurt me like so deeply inside and then I was like oh I should probably start adapting to society again I should probably start getting back in the mix it's like one of the saddest things that ever happened to me, I feel, man. It's like, God, oh, that I would not walk in the fear of man. Oh, that I would be willing to pray for the woman here at Albertson's across the counter. When you begin to let witnessing opportunities slip by, there's something wrong. When you hold grudges and cannot forgive others. When you feel uncomfortable around spiritual Christians and cannot look them in the eyes. When you associate with carnal Christians who, like you, avoid spiritual discussions which search the conscience. When you complete with when you compete with other Christians for power or recognition. When you cannot be transparently honest with others by 
wearing a mask, but wear a mask of spirituality. This is huge. You can't be honest. You can't confess to people. Because you know as soon as they, you confess to them, they're going, what? they're going to look down on you or something. So you don't be honest. How's everything going? Great. <laughs> God bless you. I'm happy. Hey, everybody. Man, my life sucks. Man, I try to worship God, and the truth is I'm just dead inside. I want to lift my hands, but I just don't feel like it. I'm in sin every single day, and no one, I just can't tell them. We can't be honest. This is the church of today. They have lo- we are the we are this church. When you no longer feel God's love, when you do not see specific answers to your prayers, that's a big deal. God cannot hear a man when there is sin in his life. How? It's not that my ear is dull that I can't hear you. It's not that my hand is short that I can't reach you. It is your sin that separates us. When you pray in generalities instead of praying specifically. Yeah, you've heard that? You hear the prayers of these generic prayers all the time. Oh, Father, we come to you and just want to pray that you just bring peace to the world and help us to read our Bibles more. Amen. When you are quick to seek advice from people instead of going to Christ. Oh, man. Oh, man. I was sitting there and I remember when he said it. He said he said he had, he had a woman come to him one time. He passed her, you know, what do I do about this? And he looked at her and he said, have you gone to Christ about it? Have you talked to him and received counseling? She's like, no. It's like, well, you're just coming to me because you want me to flatter you. And you want me to, you just want to get me, you're kind of just picking and choosing what you want. You're looking for a pastor who will approve of what you're doing or what you want to hear. Go to Christ. Go to God first. I'm not going to give you any counsel. And then you can come. That's true. Stop coming to other people to figure out what's wrong with you. Go to God. When you start losing your temper and are impatient with others. When you return to the sins of pre-conversion days. When you feel no compassion or concern for others. When you complain and murmur. When you are defensive when others exhort you about your backsliding. And I tell you, repentance took place in that room that night. Because there is no one that didn't have a pair of shoes that fit them. 25 pairs, which one fits you? I had a few. (laughs) And I'm telling you, repentance fell upon that place and celebration came forth. Why? Because there were so many clean, so many that were honest, so many that were open. And God did a great work. Oh, man. And God wants to do great work in us, family. That is not just for the mountain. Absolutely not. It is for us here in this place. I don't know why I'm rambling on so much about this. I think it might be needed. Because there may be many in this room who have lost their first love. Or just, maybe you're going through the motions, you're doing the right things. But hey, the passion that you once experienced is not there. It's not there. You're like, Josh, you can't be like fired up all the time, can you? Well, I'm not saying you got to be like, 
Yeah, overflowing with, I mean, there are certain times, there are highs and lows, but I'm talking about being consistent. And that same joy and passion still burning that once burned in you. And that were these things, you're just able to be honest with yourself and say, you know what, That's, uh, it's just not happening in my life, man. And you know what? I desire that passion. I want to be restored in an instant. You know what needs to happen? You need to get alone with God by yourself and you need to talk these things over with Him. And that is how you will move forward. That is the only way you can move forward. And those of you who are up on the mountain, listen up. The enemy will creep in very, very subtle. Man, I w- it has been happening to me all day. Little things. And I'm like, oh, you get, ooh, you get behind me. I'm like just getting so angry because I just catch myself. Like I catch things coming into my mind. Maybe a girl walking by. Okay. And I catch, what the, What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? Or thinking this about that person. What are you doing? Get, get away from me. I can't even believe this is happening. I didn't, I didn't even realize it. It's so easy. It just sneaks in under the radar very easy. That's why what? We must be in silence before Christ daily. And I'll preach it till the day that I die. That time with Jesus Christ by yourself is the most important thing in your life. And if you don't have it, man, you're not a disciple of Christ. Just be honest with yourself. And neither am I. It is the one who seeks his face daily and spends time with him by yourself. You've got to do it. There is no other way to live strong for the King. There is no other way. That is the secret. That is the message. How many messages have you heard that I've said, go be with Jesus by yourself? And how many messages have you not gone and spent time with Jesus by yourself? Talk to Him. Get to know your King. And Father, we ask that these things would happen, please. That a new fire would burn within your people. That the fire would never stop. And that we would be honest with ourselves and that we would be honest before you. And that you would look into our lives. That we would get alone by ourselves with you and you alone. And be changed in an instant. We need your touch. Thank you for the work you're doing in us. Bless your people. Amen. Oh, man. You know, as I was coming uh, down the mountain, I was thinking to myself, like, what are we going to do, man? I feel like a revolution needs to begin. I feel like something needs to happen. And I didn't know what. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I mean, like, we we talked about it, and everything's right. Like, the kids are rallied up. They're ready to go. What are we going to do? I'm like, well, um, I don't know. I kept trying to think of something that we need to do. And a brother, oh, my brother Christian, yes, from Canada. Mm, the sweet brother from Canada, yes. One of the sweetest brothers I've ever met in my life. One who is holy. One who is righteous and set apart in his ways, that's for sure. I don't know if I've ever seen the man sin with my own eyes. Act out in anger. The things that he considers sin are like things that I just do every day. Like I'm just like doing it. That's just I just you know I say something wrong. I come out. It's like 
And he is like pricked to the heart, like so deep. And he cries out like in tears to the Father because, I don't know, he because he forgot he didn't minister to somebody that the Lord asked him to minister to. He didn't reach out and pray for somebody. He's just like... <sighs> and um, one of the sweetest brothers, again, I have ever met. And guess what he is doing? He has been teaching there, yes, above a restaurant. He rented a space above a restaurant or above this bar or something. I can't... But it's a little space upstairs. He's renting it from the owner. And he was ministering to his mother, to his uncle, and I think one other guy. But he was renting the space there, and they're having Bible study every single week. And... Uh, and then I got an email from him. He says, Josh, the study is growing. We have more people than we have ever had before. Six people showed up this week. Praise God. And I'm like, yes, Christian. Yes, my man. You meant, Thank you, Father. He is so faithful to minister to his island and to be an example. And he was sharing with me that he's felt like Jeremiah there on that island. One who has preached the gospel faithfully. One who has stepped out. But hey, for some reason... The Lord has not just desired just to pour out completely and revival to take place there on Gabriel Island of I think a thousand or three thousand people. But um, he is moving to Toronto. He is on the west coast of Canada and he has just shared with me yesterday that he is moving to Toronto to start a church. Yeah? He's just going to plant a church there. I'm like, well, uh, what are you going to do? I'm just going. I'm like, praise God. He says, the Father has spoken to me clearly and it's time for me to go. He's moving to the East Coast, Toronto, to start a church. That brother is stepping out in faith. He does not have a job yet, but knows it will come. He has maybe an apartment there that he thinks he will stay in. But he has just left everything, and he is leaving to go and preach the gospel there in Toronto. And I praise God for that. Listen up. There may be some in this room that God is calling to leave this place. If God is calling you, then go. Do not hesitate. Do not hold back. You go in the name of Jesus. And I will lay hands on you and I will pray for you. And we as a family will... You do not miss out. We must step out when the Lord calls. Some of you may be called to be missionaries. Yes, to live in another country and to serve and wash people's feet there. Some of you may be called... I don't know. I don't know. But everyone is called to something. And to be obedient like that Christian, he doesn't have he knows like one guy over there. It's like one of his brother's friends who's like but he just knows him indirectly. He doesn't know anybody in the city. He's just going because that's where he feels God has told him to go. What faith? Josh, move to Louisiana. What? I'm not going there. There's no surf. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I mean that's just crazy, isn't it? I have another buddy, Reynolds, the other guy from the desert. He is going to move to Jordan with his brand new wife to go and minister to the Muslims there. Muslims are turning for Jesus Christ faster than anyone has ever seen there in that country. And I guarantee revival will break out. He's received vision from the Lord. Why am I saying all this? Because we need to be obedient to the call of God. What are you to be doing? What is your call? What are you doing? What is your calling? Where are you supposed to be? I love asking people that because a lot of times, a lot in the church, I ask another brother that today. They're in the bookstore 
So I'm not exactly sure. I think maybe this or maybe that, but you know, I'm just kind of... We need direction. We need vision. Without vision, my people what? Nick? Yes. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. All right. Poverty stricken as the church is today in many things, she is stricken here in the place of prayer. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players but and payers, few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, but few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Much fashion, but little passion. Many interferers, but few intercessors. And many writers, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. And the two prerequisites for successful Christian living are vision and passion, both of which are cultivated and maintained in prayer. Cultivated and maintained in what? Prayer and prayer alone. There is no way for us to receive vision. There is no way for us to receive direction unless we pray, unless we get before God by ourselves and ask Him. Again, back to this place of I felt like I'm like ready for revolution. Okay, let's do it. Revolution. Here we go. Ready to move. And I keep thinking of all these programs. Like, okay, maybe we can, uh, you know, we'll start up this thing and we'll start doing this kind of thing and we'll start up that. We'll start doing that. And God's Christian. He rebuked me. He's like Joshua. Listen, brother. Listen to me. He's like you must be faithful in preaching the gospel, and you must be faithful to ministering to the sheep that they would live for Christ daily. And society will change by them being who they are called to be in their place, in their lives. And that's it. That's the story. That's the ball game. It's that simple. Do you understand how change happens? You get fired up. You experience the living God. You receive direction on who you are to be ministering to at your workplace. You go before the living God and say, Lord, i got a problem with my boss real jerk what am I to do to bless him how am I to love on this person Lord what would you have me to do I don't know how to make this happen with my teacher or with my friend here or with my family there what am I to be doing can you see where I'm going can you see what could happen if we just simply got before the living God and said Father tell me what to do and sit before him and wait for instruction and then move And if you did that in your little world, and I did that in my little world, people will start to change. Things will happen. We listened to another speaker up at camp. His name was Sammy Tanago. This man who ministered, he's he's, uh, Egyptian. He looks like an Arab man. And his neighbors are very scared of him. Even though he has the biggest smile bigger than Texas, you know, and he's just like the most joyful man. And he so badly wants to love on them and share Christ with share Christ with them. And so what does he do? He just starts trying to think of things and asking God to reveal things to him that he can do for his neighbors so that he can have a good relationship with them. And him and his wife would pray and pray and pray. And the wife started doing things, started like I don't remember what they did. They did a couple different things like 
I don't know if they brought them some food or something, and they they had a baby, and they brought them some clothes for the baby, and they just started doing one thing after another, one thing after another. And uh, all of a sudden now, I guess they're best friends, you know, and then the, the, the old woman on the other side, I guess she's just really bitter and just wouldn't talk to him, just old white woman, you know, just like, just get out of here, don't talk to me, not, won't make any eye contact. And, and all of a sudden one day, uh, she was taking out some trash and Stammy runs over and just starts picking up, let me help you, let me help you, starts taking out her trash and just putting it in there and just loving on her. And now it's just like best friends, man, that's like her boy, you know. Always asking for Sammy to come over and do something. It is the love of Christ that draws a man to repentance. And the love of Christ can only be shown through who? It is us. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. But he that loves not, knows not God. For God is love. But there is something that needs to happen within all of us. Do you understand, family? You, why am I going off on this tangent? <sighs> because I just feel there is a need to exhort right where you're at in your lives, okay? Everybody wants this big bang to go down. But it ain't going to happen until you start doing something in your world. I can only do so much, do you understand? I can only just keep yelling at you and preaching at you and, and asking you to do something. But it is not until each one of us start doing something. What are you thinking about doing? What kind of things do you think God is revealing to you? Ask the Father. Ask yourself right now. What if I had somebody come up here on the mic? I just ask you right now, like, what is God calling you to do in your household? In your work, in your friends, what is he calling? We gotta know. We gotta get busy. I'm not gonna put anybody in the spot. It's okay. Just take a deep breath. So my finger goes like the you. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, Liz. <laughs> the chapter before us tonight that we are going to look at. How much time do I have? Oh man. It's basically this. Ezra chapter 7 is very, very... It's a simple chapter. There isn't much, and I won't read through it all. Just so I can say I got through it, huh? Can we do that? But Ezra, the name means helper. Helper. He was a priest... And this Ezra chapter 7 begins, there's been like a 60-year gap between, I think, chapter 6 and chapter 7 there. 60 years of just nothing really happening. The temple has been built, and there is opportunity to do much. And the king here, I believe it is King Art. King Artaxerxes, yes. Or art, King Art. He, uh, he 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 gives the opportunity and writes a letter, pretty much saying that the people are free to go up to Jerusalem and worship and act out there. 
And um, he just writes a letter, and I was really having a hard time finding application truly within this letter as I'm looking, because this king is just writing a letter. And Ezra comes up in it. He's writing this letter and this decree, and it's like, okay, um, well, I mean, King Art, you know, it's like he, he's, just, he's simply he's writing a letter, and it uh, really isn't anything more than just giving opportunity for these people to rise up and to do something. And as I look at this letter... And the opportunity given to Ezra and to the people. I almost, I don't know if I can take the type of King Art, but I almost want to take the type and the picture of our King Jesus Christ saying to his people that he is giving us the opportunity to rise up and to move and to change and to really work in this generation. Do you understand? And there are helpers, there are Ezra's amongst us, yes, priests who will rise up and exhort the people and encourage and come on, let's go. But it's not until the people move. It's not until we move as a unit. It's not until we rise up and make a change. Does anybody have a testimony here? Something that's happened this last week. Maybe you were able to minister in a hey, a different way. God gave you an opportunity and you minister. Anyone? Maybe you're scared to death to come on the mic. I know. Is there anyone? Jameson, please come and share, brother. Yes. 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 This was kind of a weird opportunity, but uh, last night I went to Cosecha for the missions meeting, um, but laying that aside afterwards, um, I saw a guy across the street just sitting there like at the bus stop, and um, God put it on my heart to, to go and talk to him, but I was a wuss, and so I kind of drove by him at first, you know, <laughs> I was like telling myself, well, if he's still there when I come back, then maybe I'll, I'll go out and talk to him, and he like walks off, and... But then as I was driving driving past again across the street back there, I saw him walking back. Um, and I had parked there beforehand, so he saw me, and I think he was kind of like wondering who this guy is in the car stalking him at night. Um, <laughs> and so anyways, he as I parked across the street, he was walking back. So I don't think he saw me this time, but I walked across the street and um, just basically asked if I could talk with him and just sort of shared a little bit of my testimony with him. Um, he he knew about Harvest, and he had a friend that brought him to Day 7, I think, and she moved to Texas, but um, he wasn't, like, visually moved a lot by what I was saying, but he seemed, you know, open. He listened a little bit, and um, so it was a kind of an interesting opportunity. Um, and then the whole spiritual warfare thing, in, but um, there was... Uh, a school right next to Cosecha and the alarm was going off there and I kind of thought about that I was parking my car I was like I wonder if this is a good thing that I'm parking in the parking lot where the alarm's going off but I wasn't smart enough to think that through um, and so as I'm walking across the street back to my car I see a police car like pull into the parking lot and they kind of follow me so I get in my car and <laughs> sure enough the spotlight comes into my car and, and he tells me to put my hands on the steering wheel and he comes <laughs> He comes over and he asks me, he's all, so, like, what are you doing here, you know? And I'm all, 
well, <laughs> I was just talking to a guy across the street, and I look across the street, there's nobody there. <laughs> and he's all, uh-huh, where, where's the guy at? I'm all, uh. And so and then I told him, well, I felt like God led me to go share my faith. And he just kind of laughed. He was like, yeah, uh-huh. He's all, he's all I, I believe you. I just, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so he asked me a couple more questions. And um, basically, so, okay, well, if you're going to go, go. And you let me go after that. So Amen. Amen. <laughs> that's my story. Um. Oh, Jameson, my sweet brother, man. I just praise God for that. Because you know what? God asks us all the time, I guarantee, all the time. I don't hear anything, Josh, because you don't listen. Because your ears are full of earwax, okay? Haven't listened to the voice of God in a little while. Not sensitive to Him. It's like this. You know when you talk to somebody on the phone all the time? It's like if they call and you don't even see, it's like you pick up the house phone, it's just like, like hey, you know, it's, you just know their voice. You know who it is before they even say anything. You hear them breathing. It's like, I know who you are. It's the same with God. If we're not spending time with Him, if we're not picking up the phone and talking to Him, how can we hear His voice? How can we know it? I've never heard God speak many say. It's because you don't listen. God says, draw unto me and I will draw near to you. He says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things. I love the heart of Jameson, man. I know this, he, would, he hates me boasting in him, but I'm just going to boast in the Lord through him. You know that he was part of the instrument to, sing, to bring Sal and the brothers to Jesus Christ. Sharing with Shakib just loving on I never forget when he was telling me that he just saw something different in this man and I'm telling you this that it's not the man it is Christ working through the man and it's because a man chooses to say I'm ready just whatever you want just use me it's a man who stops his car when God says stop maybe not the first time but definitely the second time Man, if you ask God, He will give you the opportunity. He will give it to you, family. Again, I believe the king is just almost exhorting us, saying, Listen, here is the paper. What do you want? You want it in writing? Here's the decree. How much more do you want? You know the Word of God, family. You know it. We preach week in and week out. You know the Word so well. Yes. Absolutely. Please. Um, gosh, you know how when your heart starts beating, you know you just have to share what God puts on your heart because your heart is beating out of your chest and you have to go up there. So here I am. Uh, you were talking about we have to go out and we have to do in our own little world what what it is that God calls us to do, and um, an opportunity is kind of coming to me that, um, and my husband, I think that we'll be working maybe with these kids that are um, aging out of foster care and when they get 18 they just that's it they don't have anything else and and so this opportunity kind of came to me and I had to go meet with the lady and when I was driving there and I saw how many people were there I I, I immediately was like overwhelmed like well I can't do this I can't I, I 
I almost like just wanted to turn around and drive away and and not stay there. And so instead, I I thought, okay, wait, wait. Now God laid this on my heart, so I just have to go and meet this lady and talk to her. And so I did. And she it kind of explained a little bit more about what the um, group does with these kids. And um, and like all of a sudden, and, and I know it was the enemy was saying like, well they might want too much, you know, from your life. There's these kids, and they, and they have nobody, and they might want too much, and, and what if you aren't ready to give that much? And, and instantly the enemy was just working on my brain and saying, you know, um, maybe you better step back a little bit here and think about this and, and pray about it a little more, you know, and all these excuses of, of not doing it. And, and then I came home, and I talked to my husband, and I said, you know, there's a need, and um, these kids need mentors, and... and um, and so to come here tonight, and, you know, you're completely off here, and you're just talking about, in your own little world, you have to do that thing that God puts before you. So to me, it's like an exhortation. If it wasn't for anybody else in here, it definitely was for me to hear that this is something that God's putting before me. And even though I feel like, and I know it's the enemy saying, no, I can't do this. Well, I can't do it, but God can do it. And so we just have to open ourselves up to what um, he puts before us. And then even though we're scared, we just have to step out and just do it in faith. So God used you to confirm to me what it is that I'm supposed to do. So, Amen. 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 You know, Mike Jonker, my boss, buys coffee at 7-Eleven every single morning. Why? Because he wants the Muslim at the counter to come to know Jesus Christ. He's dead serious. He's going to keep buying it, even though he doesn't even like 7-Eleven coffee. He's going to keep buying it every single morning. He's just waiting for that opportunity. Man, I want that heart. Waiting for that opportunity for God to say, Yay, it's time. Now, Josh, move. You know, for me, it's really easy to get behind a microphone and just talk. This is a piece of cake, man. I could do this all night, seriously. But it's very difficult. Yes, it's hard for me to approach people. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I'm dead serious, man. It just scares me to death. But when the Father opens the door and I move through, oh, man, I'm charged like never before. The time that I receive most attack, most attack in my spiritual life from the enemy is when I was pushing the people to walk in the Spirit, to listen to the voice of God and act out as soon as He speaks. And those of you who are there have seen it many times there at the Bible study. We're at Java Java Bliss over there down the street. This van of kids rolls up, blasts hardcore music, and starts dancing behind me as I'm speaking. All the kids are all distracted, and I'm just like, focus, focus. And over there dancing away. We had, we had a guy stand up and just interrupt in the meeting. Another time we had a guy stand up and like faint and like crazy. I mean, I just couldn't believe. And it was all happened, just happened, so happened to be three weeks in a row, one thing after another, just so happened to be when I was speaking on demon possession, on the spiritual world, on walking in the spirit and moving, listening to the voice of God. I'm telling you that that is the most powerful thing in the Christian walk. Did you know that? Christian was sharing with me last night. He said, Josh, notice this in the book of Acts. I'm like, what? Tell me. He says the only time, every time it says that God spoke to them, it never says the Father spoke to them, and it never says Jesus Christ spoke to them. It always says the Spirit 
spoke to them and said this, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, always in the book of Acts, you never see the Father. In the Old Testament, what do you see? The Father, you see God, but it says the Spirit spoke to them. Why? Because that's who is on the earth right now, the Holy Spirit, is here dwelling and wanting to minister. Here's the word, are you ready? Put the car in drive. But I don't know where to go. Just put it in drive. If you're not moving forward, you cannot get any direction, period. You can't, you're not going to go anywhere. If you sense the Father speaking to you and you don't know if it's, hey, the Father, you don't know if it's the Spirit, you don't know if it's, hey, lunch. What is that? Like, make a left right here. Huh? Yeah, make a left right here. Just make, is that me speaking? Is that me speaking to myself? Is that it? Make the left, I dare you. God can't use a man that leaves the car and park. You've got to be moving. You've got to be stepping out. And I say whether or not you know it's God or not, step out. What if I fail? That's okay. The problem is, is if you don't step out, you will never have success. You may fail sometimes, and other times you will be victorious. That is where those stories come from, like... I just decided to make a left. I really didn't know if it was God or not. I made a left, and there was a woman with her tire was busted on her car, and I just got out and fixed the tire and then started just sharing with me, and all of a sudden I just found out her, her husband died last week. It's like, wow, hey, I, let me minister to you. Let me pray for you. Let me invite you out to church. You never know what the Lord is doing until you step out. Step out. Tight. Come. Come. Share my brother. Well, just this past Friday, uh, this past Friday was my birthday, and uh, which is why I wasn't up at the retreat. I was bummed. But, uh, but me and a, a few friends, we went to see Iron Man. And so beforehand, I, I had bought a bunch of tickets you know, online, just to make sure that we had them, because it was opening night. And um, I had I ended up having one extra ticket, and so we're at the movies, and we're we're going in, and a, a few of the brothers had gone in ahead and got, and grabbed seats, and I was thinking, you know, the whole time, well, you know, I need to get rid of this extra ticket, and you know, I was thinking, well, I'll I'll, I'll scalp the thing. I'm like, gosh, I'm not gonna scalp this ticket, you know, I, I'll just give it to somebody, I'll bless somebody, and I'm about to I'm about to go, you know, yell in the line, hey, who wants to take it, and kind of throw it up in the air, sort of thing, and whoever gets it gets it. And I was like, ah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And so I just held on to the ticket, which I, I thought was the stupidest thing to do because now I'm wasting a ticket. I'm walking into the theater. You know, I'm wasting this ticket right now. And so we, we go in. We're third row from the back, and, and we're just kind of sitting there waiting for, for the previews to get started. And and these kids come in, and, and they're talking about their friend. Oh, well, you know, so-and-so is going to show up. And so I, I leaned forward, and I said, hey, hey guys, do you need an extra ticket? And they're like, uh, yeah. I'm like, well, I have a ticket. Do you, do you want it? And they're like, well, how much? I'm like, no, I, I, I want to bless you with a ticket. I want to give this to you guys. And their their eyes get all lit up. They're like, are you serious? And so I got to share Jesus with them right there in the movie theater. And, and I gave them the ticket, and their friend got in. And they're, uh, you know, when when uh, when she got in, they're like, tell, they're telling her about you know all these things I was saying. They're like pointing back to me. And so I got to share Jesus with these people in a movie theater before the movie started. You know, just just in simply in giving them a ticket. You know, and so just like what Josh was saying about, you know, no, ma- no matter where you are, stepping out, just you know really even listening to the Spirit in some goofy place like a movie theater. 
you know, you never know what, what the Lord's going to use to, to bless someone, you know, and so and, and to, to even share his name and his glory. So Amen. <sighs> Man. We gotta keep our ears open. Okay? Every single one, Josh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. God wants to use you. He wants to use you in a powerful way. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. And I'm telling you, what if one simple act of love started to come out of us just once a day? People would start to change here. And I'm telling you, man. Freddie, remember when we were over in North Car- South Carolina, where we were at? That waiter, North Carolina with that waiter? I'll never forget it. It was just, it just so, just so, the guy was just freaked out. You know, we're just like, these guys walking in, they could tell, everybody thought we were a band. <laughs> so I got my hat on, you know. Jay's got his like crazy hair going on, you know. And, Looking all hot and stuff, and you know, Fredo's all Gita, just like bam, Donnie, just looking all fly, mm. and uh, and we just kind of roll into this place, and we get the nice booth, you know. It's just like getting treated all. It was just good, anyways. I'll just never forget it, man. I'll just never forget at the end when I just the Lord just laid it on us, like man, we need to pray for this guy. Right at the end, as we give him the tip. Hey man, is there anything we can pray for? We just love it on this guy the whole time, just kind of just being nice people, you know. And then we ask him, "Can we pray for you? Is there anything?" And he just kind of like, you know, like, what? I just like, oh, you know, just hey, go go do the, you know, you can go do the uh, the cash and just get everything figured out. But maybe think about something we can pray for. He's like, yeah, okay. And then he comes back, and uh, you know, I could see him all trying to get done all fast. Or here you go, here you go, you know. And just so, uh, how can we pray for you, man? He's just like. Oh, well, you know, yeah, I was kind of thinking, you could probably pray for one of my friends, you know, who's really going through something. I was like, all right. And so he told me, and I prayed for him. And I just prayed for him and prayed for him, and then he walked away. I could see the guy, man, he's just like wanting to tear up, man. I bet he wasn't expecting anything like that in that restaurant that night. Probably just the same old, same old night for him, hoping to get his tips so he can go out and party late. Maybe hoping to make that 70 or 80 bucks so he can get the bar tab for his friends. But that night he had an encounter with the living God. And I remember as we walked out, he was almost waiting for us to say something. It, just, it was just a tap on the shoulder. God bless you, man. We'll see you. And I know forever and ever, he'll never forget that. Never. The woman at the airport will never forget that as we laid our hands on our cross. The woman that was standing in line with me at Target as the father told me she wasn't going to be able to pay for this little Superman outfit for the little boy. And as soon as I hear, boop, she's like, how much is it? Such and such amount. Oh, we can't get that. I was like, there it is. Took out the card and said, can I pay for this? Huh? Looks at me. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> and she starts writing down. She starts writing down her her schedule throughout all the week and says, I was in San Diego, can you please come and spend time with my boy? I would love for you just to spend time with him. I couldn't spend time with her boy. But the boy put on the Superman outfit and went running out of the store. Bless my heart. 
And she will never forget that for the rest of her life. But it takes us being honest and open with ourselves. It takes us getting the sin dealt with, getting our ears unclogged, and start listening to His voice. Listening to His voice. Tree, come up. Come up. Listen. God wants to use us, family. I know it. And I let these testimonies come forth to make you jealous. Because I want you to be urged to step out and to be different from every other Christian on the earth. Amen? We've got to be different. God's calling us. Tree, come say with us. Um, just kind of what Josh was saying. Um, when you think that they won't remember you, they really will because... Just recently, um, there's this, well, God's been giving me a lot of confirmation to just, because I have a heart for, like, homeless people and just, like, um, children, and I really want to go to, like, Africa or somewhere, but um, the Lord is just telling me, like, to be faithful in my city, like, right now with people and feed the homeless that I see just walking around, and, well, there's this uh, one man, his name is March, and I remember I met him a couple years ago, and he was just... He just blessed my heart, and I, ever since then, like, every single time I see him, like, he's just, I'm just, my heart, like, I tear up, because I just want to go talk to him, and I remember, um, just sharing the Lord with him, and I gave him a Bible, well, the other day, I saw him, and I was just, like, that morning, I prayed, I was like, Lord, use me today, I just want to do something for you, and, um, I saw March, and he always, like, has this little, like, shopping cart with him, so we went over, I went over there, and I, I was just like, okay, I just, like, the Lord just put it on my heart to buy him, like, dinner, so I bought him dinner, and then um, I went over, and I was like, here, this is for you. And he was like, oh, is this is this yours? I was like, no, it's yours. I want to give it to you. And I was like, you probably don't remember me. And he goes, no, I remember you. He's like, he remembered the exact day he met me, and he remembered, and he even said, like, no, you were just sort of saying the sweetest things to me. And it, it blessed my heart because I just knew, like, that day I talked to him, like, he remembered the exact day, and it was, like, two years ago. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, how do you remember that? But it was just because the Lord just, like, touched his heart, and he just used me that day. And so um, he was, like, cold, and there was this, like, guy, like, giving him bottles. And I saw him shivering, and I, I was just, like, here, I gave him my favorite blanket. And at first I was like, oh, it's my favorite blanket. But you know what? I had it in my car for a reason. Like, I was in my car for a long time, and I gave him my blanket, and he just had the biggest smile on his face. And it just, like... Just being faithful in the little things that God gives us right now. If we want to, like, you know, move those, we want to just move mountains in our lives. Well, it's like move those little hills that God's giving you in your life, those little opportunities right now before, you know, like those, like, moments that you just impact a homeless man that people ignore. You know, we ignore and just do those things and God can be glorified. That's it. Amen. Um, We are going... So we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up actually. So we're hitting nine o'clock right now. But um, listen, listen, family. Um, I know that God has used many of you, and I'm sure all of you to some degree in someone's life at some time. And you know what? You were probably listening to the voice of God, or you just felt like you probably should do this or step out and do that. But I'm telling you this: that God wants to use you tonight, right now. He wants to use you as you go home. He wants to use you in the morning when you wake up. And He wants to use you all day tomorrow. you got to be open and ready 
telling you they're at harvest, man. It's like there's such opportunity. But they're all Christians. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's huge opportunity, man. Sometimes I can see a janitor just having a bad day or something like that. Let me pray a blessing over you. Huh? Yeah, let me pray for you. There is opportunity for us always. It's For some reason, we as Christians... Look, it's different for some than others. But for some reason, me, we as Christians... It's like we just get in this comfortable box and we're kind of just like, man, well, that's I'm just not kind of called to that thing. No, every single one of us are called to something. And you know what? It may not be you being loud like me. No, that's probably not your calling. But it may be just a, a, just a small, just a nice gesture. Just something nice. Like, hey, hey can I buy lunch this time? Can I buy, can I buy it for you? Some, just a nice gesture like, hey, oh, you hear that they need something. And you go and get it. There are so many little things that we can do, and I can't, I'm not going to try to create a bunch of things for you to think of. How about you go and ask the Father and let Him tell you what to do? And those are the most powerful things, do you understand? That's what we're called to. That's how this city starts to change. That's how things start to happen. Let's try to step out and minister to just one person a day. I don't want to set that goal or standard because then you fail and you beat yourself up. No, no. But just try to minister to one a day and see what God will do in your life. Amen? Love them. Love them. Let me pray. Father, um, I just want to say sorry, King, if I was supposed to teach Sir Ezra. Um, and I hope that these words were okay. And um, let the people forget the things that I wasn't supposed to say. And um, let them really dwell on the things that were supposed to come forth. Lord, I just want you to be glorified. I want you to be lifted up. I want this world, I want this city to see, man, that you are the great king and that you are good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We have tasted and we have seen and you are good. And we just want to let people know about that. Not so we can get props. Not so a crowd will look at us and say, Wow, you're an amazing person. Absolutely not. But so that you can be given glory. So everybody can see that, Wow, you can take a loser like that and work through their lives. You can take a nobody and do a great work. You can take somebody who has nothing and glorify yourself through them. Somebody who sins. Somebody who is not perfect. And you can use them just because they're willing to step out. And so please, Lord, use us. We are available. If you're available, you just raise your hand and say, God, I'm available. God, I'm available. And if you want to use me, here am I. I'm dead serious. I want to further your kingdom. Lord, help me. Help us. The next time you speak, give us the boldness, give us the strength to step out and to love on that person, to have the exact words of wisdom for them. Lord, help us to step out even if we don't know it's you or not, so that we can recognize whether it is you, so that you can have opportunity to move in our lives. Thank you for the work you're doing in us. Man, I am so thankful, Father. Wow. Thank you for all you do. Bless your people as they go. 
Help us to minister to one another, to love on. In Jesus' name, amen. There's an atheist going to the college study. And the brothers bought him a Bible and gave it to him and he couldn't believe it. He is no longer an atheist. He is coming consistently every single week because somebody stepped out and loved him. It wasn't an intellectual problem. It wasn't here. It was here. The battle is with the heart. Let's love one another. Amen. Let's love one another tonight. Let's love as we go in Jesus' name.